is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is another off-season edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico Live and in-person streaming coast-to-coast and around the world here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star in Frisco. And it is another triumph of another week of Dallas Cowboys off-season talk. The NFL draft in the rearview mirror, the rookie minicamps right on the horizon as we've got plenty to talk about. And we've talked a lot about defense over the last couple of episodes, and deservedly so, because the Cowboys spent eight draft picks on defensive players. But guess what? We're going to talk some offense today. Mm, We're going to change it up a little bit and talk about the offense. Glad you're with us. Kyle Yeomans, Rob Phillips. We've got Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, as always. The world-famous Heckma Harrison. The shirt shirt is amazing. Are y'all like this? What's that that material? What is that? (laughs) What is it? Velvet? It's green is what it is. Alpaca. No, I got it from the pro shop, man. You got to check it out. They knew who I was in the pro shop. I was going to say, you get it free? I'm huge in the pro shop, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen that one before. It's like him and Bucky's. Uh, I haven't either. I think it's custom. Mm, this is a custom. It's kind of velvety. Right off the rack. Paint it on, something like that? Yeah. I don't do the paint it on. You do the paint it on. You know what Isaiah does do, though, that none of us else could do? He ran the 100 meters before. Mm. He did? Yeah. Yeah. How'd you fare? What was your time? Uh, I placed fifth in pack tens. We'll just uh, say that. Um, Not good enough, but uh, I ran a 10-4. So let me ask you this. What is it with wide receivers and this confidence that makes y'all believe that you could just walk out on the track Mm. and – well, to, to be fair, I was a I was a quarterback at the time, Heckma. Um, I'm, oh, I'm, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> Starting quarterback for the I was, dub. You know, not to say I was the fastest quarterback in the nation, but um, but, but just, just a, anyway, yeah. just a double back. Um, no, I mean, I I I admire and I recognize, um, I acknowledge what what DK did. Um, mm-hmm. I respect it. I respect it. He's faster than I was um, at that time. I can tell you that. You know, by, by about a step or so. So uh, that's a large human being yeah. uh, running against a lot of fast <laughs> human beings. Um, and like he said, most guys wouldn't do that. Most nope. guys would not put themselves in a position to lose. You know you're going to lose, but you're putting yourself in an environment where other people are better than you, so all you can do is get better. So what we're talking about, by the way, just for those of you who haven't necessarily seen this on social media, it's blown up on Twitter and it's blown up around social media, but Seattle Seahawks wide receiver DK Metcalf decided to run the 100 meters in attempt to qualify for the qualifiers of the Olympics, basically, mm-hmm. right? He wanted to try and make the Olympic trials, and that's what this race was. He ended up running a what it was a 1036, 1036, which is pretty good. He finished that's, ninth in the heat. That's rolling, it's really good. And <laughs> yeah, by the way, he was racing, like you said, against guys that he outweighed by 40 pounds almost. And, and that's what they do. That's like, where like, I was going. <laughs> yes, because Nick and I were talking about this upstairs. There's got to be some technique stuff involved. Of course, he, he is not Tons of it. doing it on a daily basis, no. right? He had the same struggles I had. When you're that size, I think when I was running, I think I was 225, so he had 10 pounds on me. Yeah. Um, and he ran faster. You know, when you're that size, and you're most of the guys you're running against, number one, are like five eight, five nine, right? And these guys are light. They're they're they've been trained since since birth to run fast in a straight line, right? He's trained to move grown men out the way. Mm-hmm. He's trained to cut, yeah. right? He's trained to do all these things. So he has to work very diff- very very hard, right, on getting out on his drive phase, on his first thirty meters, uh, on all the different phases of the race. These guys don't have to really. I mean, they're thinking about it, but like it's natural for them. It's not muscle natural. memory. Yeah, it's muscle memory. But, so mm-hmm. respect to him, man. Uh, for putting hey, on put, that platform. Putting that in pr- perspective, we had the state title, state tournament, track yeah. meet in Austin. There was a kid <laughs> ran a 9 9. That's disrespectful. What? It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. A high schooler. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> he was big crazy. in Texas. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to just kind of give props yeah. to DK because yeah. he, he caught a lot of slack on Twitter. For but what? I, exactly. He finished ninth. He's faster than Yeah, he than, finished ninth. That's probably why. It's because he lost. Other but. normal human being that gets out their car and goes in a grocery store. Yeah, no way. If, if a pit bull got loose, he's getting loose. He's getting away. You're not. Yeah. That's, that's the facts. Completely agree. <laughs> that's the fact. I, that's I, putting I, it in perspective that's for real. If a pit bull got loose and you're going to the doggone grocery store, right? <laughs> you're going to the grocery store and going to Kroger's. He is getting away. 
<laughs> Everybody else? Not me. Not going to nope. happen. Nope. Not I told happen. y'all, line Mickey Spagnola up against me, and I'm confident. Everybody else, I'm, <laughs> I don't have any confidence in a race. So, Kyle, you know, what about your time? What do you think you do in the 100? Oh, God, I don't even want to know. Come on. This like a get... 15, 16? You do better than that. <laughs> you do you better so? than that. Yeah, if I you're real. I don't really know. Yeah, uh, they would have to. <laughs> can, yeah. you, can, you beat C, can you beat CB? Can you beat Chris B? Yeah, I could beat Chris Beam in a race. Yeah, that's yeah, I could do that. Chris Beam was. I've got smoky. longer legs and I'm more no athletic. Chance. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't <laughs> in agree with prime, that. You wanna, so you want to set this up or no? That's a no. Yeah, <laughs> Stop the silence. I, 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 would, I would see it. Wasn't there, wasn't, didn't we already mm-hmm. have this conversation on Twitter? Didn't we, Jesse? We, wasn't Jesse involved with yeah, this? Yeah, Jesse was talking about, about it. it. Yeah. We, well, we talked about a combine, like. Yeah, between the shows, we also right. talked about you guys racing. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah. I'd love to we see got, that. We can do that. Let's do it. I'd be down. I'd be, let's do it. Let's do it up on the Tostitos Championship Plaza okay. and run a race. Do you need so, a head start? Uh, I'm, well, let's do one clean, clean. and then, then I'll try and do okay. a head start. Right, we'll do that. Works. How about that? Smoke uh, me first, yeah. and then go I'll ahead. see. Go ahead and just destroy <laughs> me, the and then yeah. Tostito me on a Tostito. <laughs> oh goodness! Yeah, that would. Yeah, I'd be crispy, crispy from the. Uh, so going from more of a sprint to what has been a marathon for the Dallas Cowboys, and that's trying to find a backup quarterback. And wow. at least over the last couple of years, it hasn't necessarily been a place of confidence for this franchise outside of Andy Dalton. I mean, I guess pretty much Andy Dalton was the best backup quarterback this Cowboys team has seen in a long time. He, of course, is now in Chicago, going to battle it out with Justin Fields. Poor Andy Dalton mm. going up there, and then they go and draft Justin Fields. But my question to you guys, and this was actually a mailbag question that, that we'll, we'll hit the other mailbag question in our second segment. And Rob, you got a chance to answer this, so I'll start with you. Are the Cowboys confident at backup quarterback because they didn't take one in the draft? Last year, it took until after the draft to go and find a guy like Andy Dalton. So it was right around this time. That's when you start hearing rumors like we did last week with Jeff Driscoll maybe potentially coming in, or he at least came and visited, but there was no deal made. Are the Cowboys actively shopping to try and find a veteran backup quarterback at this point? Yeah, I would say they are. I mean, I don't, I don't, they haven't found an answer there yet, and I don't know if they will. It's not the same. You know, there's not an Andy Dalton just sitting out there who's got 133 starts and made three Pro Bowls, but I think they're constantly looking for it. Uh, Mike McCarthy said it a couple weeks ago. Competition, we always are looking for that competition there Absolutely. behind Dak Prescott. And, you know, when you look at the number of starts that Garrett Gilbert has, that Ben DiNucci has one start in his career, and it wasn't great timing for him mm-hmm. uh, last year as a rookie. And then Cooper Rush has been, you know, very minimal playing time behind uh, Dak and then you know behind Andy Dalton last year they just don't have a lot of experience so Driscoll did come in Friday he's got nine career starts no deal was there I, it sounded like maybe he's got some options you know maybe it's good to get cut after the draft if you're a quarterback right. because mm-hmm. the teams are always looking for more quarterbacks if that deal doesn't materialize I think there's still a chance there's another vet brought in but I, I don't know who exactly that would be and it's not a you know it's not a wide field there but he would be an upgrade in terms of experience at least. Isaiah, what what would you look for in a backup quarterback here? Because, I mean, from somebody who's played the position before, you can always look out there and see the numbers. And the numbers for a lot of these guys aren't fantastic. Jeff Driscoll, Robert Griffin III, Matt Barkley, Josh McCown. uh, I guess Jameis Winston technically (laughs) is still available, but he'll go back to New Orleans or whatever that ends up being. I mean, there's, there's not great numbers along the way. But why would a backup quarterback in this scenario, where you do have a, a Cooper Rush, where you do have a Ben DiNucci, and, and you have these guys, why would there be a beneficial part of getting a backup quarterback? It's, so you need a veteran. You prefer to have a veteran backup quarterback. The reason being because of the, the position that your team is in. Your, your team, personnel-wise, is in a position that you feel like you're going to be probably in the run for playoffs, right? You should... You, Looking at our roster, you would think that we would have a playoff run. Sure. So being that that's the case, right, you have to look at it in a situational aspect. If we were to lose our starting quarterback, say the week before the playoffs, what type of quarterback do we want oh, coming God. in here? Do we oh. want a guy that's that's just a young talent that you know who has potential, or do we want somebody who's proven, who who knows how to handle situations, who has experience, and that doesn't need to do anything extra, but just simply needs to guide our team uh, to the finish line? So that's what, when I think about backups, that's what I'm looking at. I'm, li- I'm not looking at somebody. Hey, week one get hurt, can he carry us through the whole season? I'm looking at hey, worst case scenario, right? Somebody gets hurt right at the right at the key point, key, key point of the season. What can this person do for us, and what kind of experience do they bring? Um, 1990 playoffs. 
playoffs, Giants, lose Phil Simms, Jeff Hossettler just comes in. Need, yeah. to win, need to win a couple games, he gets it done. That's it. Mm. And that's, yeah. that's what you're looking for, right? So I, as I'm looking at this list, <laughs> these free agents, I, I'm not happy. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think I made it known some, some time back, a couple months back, that I was looking for um, Blaine Gabbert, and you know, he went to Tampa. Yeah, so he's gone. Yep. I think that was probably the best guy that we could have gotten, but Tampa wasn't going to let that go. What a cush job for Blaine Gabbard. Chilling. <laughs> Sitting Chilling. behind TV 12. Chilling. But, I mean, if you just think about last season and you approach it from a crime, crime scene investigative, put the blue light on the quarterback's room, and there were splatters up against the wall. <laughs> it just did Jeez. not go well for the Yikes. backup quarterback. Come on, guys, let's keep it real. Let's talk to Cowboys. Yeah. All right? So, it was, you know, we didn't fare well in that. It's when, when Dak went down, and it's not like we were on a roll before Dak got hurt, but it, at least we started to see the, the game start to slow down a little bit in, that co- in the COVID season that we were having. But, you know, you, you make a point. You know, you don't want to find out what you have at the, the end of the season and you're trying to make a run and that guy comes off the bench and he's not what you thought he was. And so, I mean, if for – period of time, especially after the Washington football team game when Andy Dalton went down, we were just at limbo uh, at the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. And you think about how many injuries we had on the offensive line and all of that is just relative to the fact that there wasn't going to be any success either way, right? And so you got to kind of shore up that position and whether we stay with Gilbert which he has experiences, experience and starts as one or two. He's got yeah. a couple. Yeah, a not couple. A lot. Yeah. But not a lot. But, I mean, if you think about the, 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 position, the backup quarterback position in the NFL, I mean, if any of these guys were in any position to compete for a, one of those 32 jobs, oh. they would be on that roster to do it. But, oh, yeah. And, and, and it's not the same cap as it was last year where you know they yeah. slotted however million, many million it was for Andy Dalton last year. And to your point, if Dak goes down for a significant period of time, you're probably screwed. Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, you're probably not going <laughs> to – you know, you have to – like Jerry said, when he went down, you know, they said they had to adjust their expectations. But Heck made the point. Like Isaiah's idea of – Andy Dalton could have been that guy if everything else was perfect yes. around him. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing was losing both your starting tackles. Yeah. Yeah. That changes how you play football. Yep. I mean, that, that changes – you know, you don't huge. have the That's things you can thing. lean on in yeah. terms of uh, protection and, and balance that way. And it, I hate to use this team as a reference, sorry, Kyle, but, um, you know, the fairy tale story that the, the Boo Eagles had with Nick Foles, right? Mm-hmm. I mean – Wentz goes down, here he comes off the bench, and he only has a few win you know, situations where he has to win, and he goes in and he does it. it I mean, it's not like he played out of his mind. Didn't he just to. didn't turn the didn't, ball over. And that's what you need from your backup. Yep. So that kind of brings me to the question of Andy Dalton last year. And we had talked about this previously, how the tackles were the biggest loss, and then Andy Dalton was kind of the the, the one that had to deal with that that heat, kind of had to took yeah. that that bear that on his chest, oh, on yeah. his back. Because, I mean, he came in, and, and, and of course that Washington game on the road is the one that sticks in my mind the most, where he just got destroyed at the end of that game, unfortunately. But looking at a backup quarterback situation now, I mean, the, the one guy I look at is is maybe Blake Bortles. Or maybe you could go get a Blake Bortles. If you're wanting starting experience. He's got the most starts out there, right? By like, far. I, th- I thought Jameis was back with New Orleans. He is. He's yeah. on this list, but I, when I, I was going down the list and I read him and I was like, I don't think that's true. Yeah. So, uh, But, yeah, he's back. But Blake Bortles, Brian Hoyer maybe – I don't really want anybody outside of, of those two. I think I would rather ride with a, a Garrett Gilbert or a Cooper Rush at that point, or even Ben DiNucci. He's not a rookie anymore. He's had at least one look at, at, at a professional defense. So that brings me to my question is, is this Cowboys team outside of the quarterback position, where do they need to find or what else do they need to find this offseason? What are those extra needs? Because you filled a couple of them, some offensive line depth in the draft, you got an extra wide receiver. Where do you see the needs lying on the offensive side of the football moving into the the latter parts of this offseason? And I think you feel good. Go I think you feel good about Ezekiel Elliott coming back into the season. You you last year, I just don't let's throw 2020 away for Zeke because he led the league in fumbles, everything mm-hmm. bad, everything you don't need. And even in a situation like where you lose your your starting quarterback, you expect for the running game with the star athlete like Zeke to at least carry you through some games. And obviously your quarterback is going to have to make some throws, but I just feel like Zeke is going to be the key to this season, getting us back in the win column and just getting that feel good around here. Mm-hmm. Because you know he, he has to have, have a bounce back season. Mm-hmm. 
I think he will. I think he will. I mean, like, I think we addressed it obviously a ton last year. There's no running back aside from a dude by the name of Barry Sanders that would have been successful without their starting offensive line. Just Amen. not. It's just not happening, right? So I, I've, I've been. I've personally been in that position where you know some of your guys go down, and now you're in a position where you have to create, right? And now all of a sudden yeah. you're trying to create. Now things that were important, like securing the ball, aren't as important because you're you're trying to make something happen. Right. And that's what he ran into last year. Zeke is still Zeke. Uh, Zeke still Zeke. I know he's working. I've been seeing some of the things he's been doing. Looking tra- good, and he, he does looks, look good. He looks uh, real good. You know, he's he's focused and he's a competitor, right? And we know one thing about competitors, they're always going to bounce back. So um, I look forward to him having a great year. Huh? But everything on this offense, everything on everybody's offense depends on your offensive line. I 100% agree, Kyle. About the backup thing, I'm fine with them signing. Any anybody that's somewhat of a veteran, like a Driscoll or somebody else, and just compete. You know, maybe Garrett Gilbert plays better in training camp and preseason, but just get that competition to see who's mm-hmm. better. As far as needs, Isaiah led me right to it, man. I, I they got to figure out their swing tackle situation, and I know they signed Ty Naseki, who's been maybe a little underrated in his career as a guy that's stepped in and done a, a good job when he's needed to. Faced the Cowboys with Washington and did a nice job there. He's been in Buffalo. They draft Josh Ball. Uh, but they got to figure that out because, you know, Tyron, you know, he's hopefully he's back to where he needs to be. But even when, before this neck deal, he was going to miss three games, you know. Where's your confidence level? They say they're confident. If they say they're confident and the fact that they restructured his deal, that makes me feel confident, too, that they're willing to push more money down the road that he's going to be OK. Do I think he's going to play 16 starts? He hasn't done that in I don't know how many years. So you have to be ready for that. They're trying to be ready for that. But, you know, maybe the answer is Zach Martin, you know, and they don't play around with that anymore and say, oh, two positions, whatever. No, Zach, wherever there's an injury, a tackle, Zach Martin's your tackle, left or right, and Connor McGovern's your starting guard. And, and just fix it that way. And don't mess around with young guys trying to come in and play tackle that, that aren't ready or aren't good enough to be productive consistently. So Steele, Steele was thrown to the Wolves last year. I mean, mm-hmm. the same thing you look at, uh, the backup quarterback situation, you don't feel that way about Steele in the swing tackle position? Or Brandon Knight. Or Brandon you know, Knight, they, yeah. You know, they, and they fought, you know, but they're young guys against some really good rushers in this division, and, and they didn't have a lot of consistent success. So they did add Naseki, and I, I feel better that way. But... Do I feel great about it? You should no. I, yeah. I, and it's kind of like quarterback. It's like if your if your cornerstone left tackle goes down, there aren't many of those guys out there. No. So I don't know if you feel great whenever you lose your guy like that. Ty Niseki, by the way, has not had a start since week five of 2019. I believe is when his last start was, yep. and he's had one start over the last two years, 17 over his career, and he's played in 81 games. So he's if played a lot, and his his PFF numbers are pretty good, pretty for, decent. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. But if you're looking for a guy to come in and be your swing tackle, I don't know if 17 starts out of 81 career games since 2012 is anything that gets me excited. But it's a luxury. I mean, how how many teams have a great backup tackle that just? I mean, that's why Zach comes to my mind. It's like well, Zach can play anywhere. We'll put him anywhere. Who do you feel better about, Cam Irving last year or Ty Nasecki this year? Which is tough to say, hindsight 2020, seeing Cam Irving not play the majority of the year as well. Missed 10 games. Yeah. Yeah. I would say Naseki then, just based off, hopefully, availability. Hmm. Isaiah? I don't know. I don't have a read. It's hard to say. Yeah. I can't. You haven't watched a ton of Ty Naseki tape? Have not. Goodness, have come not. on. <laughs> what kind of professional are you? No, the, I mean, the confidence isn't there. And I think Rob just kind of echoes that, that you have to, you know, these. Tyron Smiths don't grow on trees. You don't see these quite often, and we just need 17 games this season. But it's been five years, six years since he's started an entire season. And even looking at Zach Martin in that role to move him away from guard just gives me the you know bubble guts too because he got hurt at right tackle. Mm-hmm. So you know, look, the thing is, is that we didn't do a lot in the draft. Um, in those earlier rounds to get what we considered those you know top tier guys, uh, so we're going to be relying heavily on the balls and steals and Knight and all those guys to kind of make way uh, to be that. But you know we McGovern, we've had so many guys that we've drafted along the way that we have to rely on to at least turn you know the learning curve be there and see what they have. I think preseason is going to be very important mm-hmm, yeah. to get a gauge on what the offensive line is going to look like because right now, based off of last year. We're not confident in what we saw. They needed it last year, too. They definitely needed it last year, that preseason. And maybe Josh Ball turns out to be Doug Free, you know, a guy that gets drafted in the middle rounds and 
Isaiah's teammate and it turns out to be a veteran for 10 years. Who knows? But right now, you know, it just it's like backup quarterback. You just I don't know if you ever feel great about it, mm-hmm. you know. But well, if you had to choose between getting a veteran right now for a quarterback position or offensive line position, which one are you going with? Ooh. That's a good question. That's a great question. I think I would probably look at offensive line. I would. Okay. Because, I mean, not adding one in the draft was a byproduct of how bad your defense was and yeah. missed first-round, second-round picks previously. Yeah. If Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch played up to their potential of a first-round pick and a second-round pick, you're not going to pick Micah Parsons there at, at 10, or I guess at 12. But you're not going to pick him there. You're going to pick Rashawn Slater, and you're going to ride because you have a little bit of a luxury room. Sure. You didn't have that luxury. You needed to go with the defensive player at yeah. that point, or at least that's what they thought, and they went and they took a Micah Parsons there. Because they missed on some of those picks yeah. previously. So I think I would still add a veteran offensive lineman. What because position, though? A tackle, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Tackle. I feel yeah. decent about the guard spot with Martin Williams hopefully being healthy throughout. I I, I mean, I feel decent there. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, that's not, an average not, position. Not favorite. No. <laughs> oh, he's not my favorite either. I tried to replace him with Rashawn Slater for like six <laughs> months. But I, I would feel better there if in terms of availability yeah. at the guard spot okay. rather than tackles. And that's why I think tackle would probably be my, my priority there. Okay. Well, if, you, if you're telling me I could find another Andy Dalton to, to just have have him ready just in case, yeah. give me that. Because, I mean, I'm confident Dak's going to be good. Okay. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about that. But in the event something happens, yeah. your season is just in major jeopardy, you know, yeah. in terms of playoffs without your, without your starter. And, and I think just Dak's – you know, his durability over the years kind of lulled us to sleep. And when we saw him go down, mm-hmm. go down, and we realized he wouldn't come back, I think we took the glass off the button and smashed it. And we thought, <laughs> you know, the guy that was especially Isaiah's coming off, that, hey, we, you know, this may be the start of something. But it's just to your question, I, I really believe backup quarterback. I, I want to be assured of that. And, yeah. and even thinking about the Super Bowl, Kansas City, you know, they didn't have a chance in that game because of all of the injuries that they had at offensive line so you know it's 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 a little it's a lot of give and take and you can't have one without the other but I think if we had a little bit of a mobile quarterback last year maybe we would have fared just a tad bit better because look man dog was running for his life yeah yeah, he was he was that's why people liked Gilbert in that one start because he he moved a little bit he moved a little bit you know and and had a little moxie to him a little bit I don't yeah, know. more so than Ben DiNucci. and I mean, Ben DiNucci can move, too. Yeah, He's got some athleticism, too, but he just wasn't ready for NFL yeah. speed. He wasn't nah, ready for that pro poor, speed. Poor Nooch. He yeah. just wasn't. He just wasn't. Y'all gave him nicknames. Nucci man. <laughs> Nucci man. Yeah. 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 Y'all tried to pump him up. <laughs> let's, let's just go make uh, high school Kyle happy and go sign RG3 because oh, no. I grew up in Waco. No. So sick and bears. RG was out there. That's no, my dude. Yeah. No. Nah. I'm going, with, I'm going with a starting guard. I don't guard. want. I'm just. Veteran ju- guard. You want a guard? I want a starting veteran guard. Why? Over a tackle or a backup quarterback? I'm going with a starting veteran guard and then I'm putting. I'm letting Carter Williams get back to what he's used to. Mm. Oh, you're you're not even Play worried outside? about a backup. You want a starter. Yeah. Where are you going to get that with the kind of money that they have, though? That's my I, question. I don't know. Somebody has going to be a discount double check. <laughs> Ultra <laughs> dis- discount double as check. As closer you get to the season, though, the guys will, the guys will be get anxious. It's going to be 80% off sticker on the, <laughs> on the flat screen TV. That's what that's what Isaiah is trying well, to look e- for. It's easier to find a, a veteran guard than it is to find a, a tackle like we're talking about. It's a lot easier to find somebody on the inside. Right it's true. Yeah. A lot easier to find somebody on the inside. So that's all I'm saying. You just got to find a you might, right you might, you might have your You might have your swing tackle, backup swing tackle on, on the team. Right there it is. <laughs> uh, okay, so we've talked about offensive line. We've talked about running back. we talked about quarterback. Mm-hmm. No, no worries at wide receiver. We're pretty good there. Good. What about tight end? We're going to talk about that when we come back on the other side of the break. Is tight end a sneaky need for this Dallas Cowboys team based off of what we've heard previously when we return on Talking Cowboys presented by Geico? Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. 
Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, <laughs> presented by Geico. As we are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios, and whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. <laughs> Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more Essilor on Talking Cowboys. We didn't get to your single can. What? You're going to have to turn around and do what? it. Where's the, where's the Miami Vice? There he is. Now he's on it. Now what, you got what's it. What's going on, Seymour? Uh, here, I got you. I got you. See more, do more Essilor there on Talking Cowboys. you got to hit the... Yeah, yeah, where's the uncle at the uh, at the barbecue? It's, it's, it's a little shady outside. <laughs> oh, it is overcast. It's a overcast today. outside. It felt like Seattle out there. So it did. Well, I don't ever take mine off. Heckman doesn't ever take his off. I'll tell mm. you that much. That's because I got this. Well, I don't remember my vision. It's something amazing though. It's like twenty five. It's twenty five. Yeah, whatever it was, it was dope. <laughs> It, it, it right. just made us all feel terrible about he ourselves. He said he's never seen a human with that kind of vision before. I don't even want to hear this. <laughs> this is ridiculous. You, you take things you from are... here to here. Is that even... Is this, is this RoboCop? Is that, is that Robo Isaiah? RoboCop. Goodness. Uh, going into Mailbag Monday here, of course, on Talking Cowboys. We do it every Monday throughout the offseason when we have a good question to answer. And this one comes from Greg from the great... Tropical city of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Great city, by the way. Uh, seems like m- almost every draft site had tied in as a big area of need. I personally think we're in pretty good shape there. Obviously, Dallas would have liked to look at Kyle Pitts had he slipped a little bit, but that didn't happen, of course. But area of need, and you put that in quotation marks, I think this team is much more important area of need. Am I missing something? And I don't necessarily disagree. I saw the same thing on a lot of the draft sites, and I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit. But you you look at it, Blake Jarwin, he's not a guarantee. He had a, the, the the half of a game before he got hurt last year and out for the season. What is he going to be like in his return? That's a huge question mark to me. You can rely on Dalton Schultz to a certain extent, but we also had very low expectations for the tight end position last year. He exceeded those expectations, but once again, it was a pretty low bar from the get-go. So my question is to you guys, is tight end a little bit more of a need than we're thinking? Are we missing something here? What, what do you think about that position overall? I thought we were done with Kyle Pitts talk. I thought we were done. You yeah, almost you made it. it out of the Kyle <laughs> Pitts conversation. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> saying there's a chance. It never ends. It never ends. Turning into Earl Thomas is what it is. Ah, uh, ET. Yeah, you can blame I, David Helm. Don't even get him started. I, I do blame Dave Helm. Yes, yeah. and I think I, I think the national media got enamored with the idea of a splashy draft pick, Kyle Pitts coming in, just making this mm. offense even crazier in terms of talent than it mm. was. And I saw, you know, Todd McShay. Top need for the Cowboys on ESPN, and he had tight end. I'm like, why? Okay, dude. Like, I respect his work, but like, anybody that covers this team or watches this team on a on a close basis knows you can get by with what you got at tight end. Even if Blake Jarwin, everything we've heard is he's good with his rehab. Yep. Even worst case, that doesn't work out. You got a guy that proved he could be a starter in the NFL. And if worst case goes beyond that, they signed a- another veteran. Sprinkle, uh, yes. Jeremy Sprinkle, who can do it. You know, he could step in if need be. Noah Brown, heck, I 
would put Noah Brown at tight end if it really came down to oh, it. Oh, man. I see, I, you know, saw some plays from him at the wide receiver position. I think you could line him <laughs> yeah, up and do that, too. Mickey Spagnola is, is he's bubbling he's, he's upstairs. Right. <laughs> can, we, can we get some Eslores on here? Yeah, right. <laughs> you don't agree? Get some, no, no, definitely not agree. I'm just saying if it came all the way down to it, they, they're okay. They can get by. Yes. We can definitely get better. I think I feel good about our tight ends, especially how we utilize our tight ends. That's what people need to understand. When you start looking at personnel on rosters, you have to understand it's not just about the talent. It's not just about what they're capable of. Like Think about Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is a receiving tight end. He's not blocking anybody in the NFL. I'm just no disrespect to him. I don't see him putting his hand on the ground and 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 blocking for for Matt Ryan. It's just not going to happen. Um, so adding him on this roster does nothing because you just paid Jarwin. We have a we have a Pitts right. We have a we have a guy who can take the top off. We have Jarwin and Jarwin's going to pr- fulfill his role. Unfortunately, he got hurt last year. But what we're going to ask him to do, he does well, right? Which is run. Right. right, run straight. Right, run straight. Put pressure on the safeties, and then guess what? We got three dogs at wide receiver that can that can get open. That's what you're asking the tight end to do in this system. Uh, Schultz did a heck of a job last year, obviously coming in and filling in for for Jarwin. But you think about the potential of having both of those guys being able to come in and run a two tight set, be able to run a wing set, have those guys doing all, all kinds of underneath routes and things of that nature. It, uh, they're going to fulfill what we're asking them to do. They don't. They don't need to be. You know Zach Ertz or any of these other guys out there um, because that's not their role here. Um, then we bring in, the, then we got Sprinkle. We got Sprinkle coming in. Right? <laughs> salt we Bay. Got, we, got, we, got, we, got, we got you know Salt Bay has his restaurant here, so Sprinkle's here now. Yeah. And um, you know he's gonna come in and put some hands on somebody. So it's about no different than the, than the Parsons pick. What are we asking them to do at their position? Mm-hmm. That's what we're gonna put them in position to do well. I think that, you know, the NFL, everyone is admiring, you know, these new offenses and the the Kelsey Kittle argument comes in because you see Kelsey top five in receiving from the tight end position, their ability to maximize the middle of the field because they're stretching everybody out on the outside. And so you you admire that and you say, I want one of those. And and we don't. And you that's what you would say would be the need. But we have so many receivers that can do so many multiple things in this offense. And the one thing that I always worry about is how do we utilize our tight ends right now? And so even if we had a pits what would we do with that in this offense with the receiver. other with the other yeah, weapons like, that what, we have what numbers could he post as a rookie that yeah. would make him no. significant no yeah, he'd like, be another receiver i think yeah. if you drafted Kyle Pitts you would probably deal one of the receivers in my my opinion yeah. i think that's probably what would be the next move kind of like Atlanta's got him and Julio Jones might be on the move at some point maybe kind of thing but yeah. when it comes down to when it comes down to the the injuries last year right you know Dalton Schultz to me he showed up Absolutely, and we yeah. were not looking for him, and there were so many question marks over him. We didn't even know if he was going to make it to the training camp. Yeah. Once the bulldozer came in, and there was those yeah. were those there were the questions, and he showed up for us. He did a lot of good things in in blocking, run blocking. Mm-hmm. He showed, and that was supposedly quote unquote one of his weaknesses. He was giving effort. He, I mean, he he doesn't have enough weight in his in his, in his draws to hold his own in there, but he was giving hundred percent effort. Good offense, yeah. good off season. Maybe he can yeah. sack up. Yeah, I mean, he's still two hundred forty five pounds. He's that's, not tiny. That's that's, that's Little I know at, at that position. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But what I mean, Cam Jordan said about Kyle Pitts is he's a little he's light in the A little light. <laughs> yeah. No, it's in true. Line man. Tied in. And like that's that is maybe the one gripe is that they don't have a guy that can do it all at that yeah. position. Like you said, Blake's uh, you know, he's a stretch the field guy. Dalton yeah. did improve, I think, in that regard. Sprinkle can help in that regard. Blake Bell was kind of their guy. Yeah. But in this in system, you don't system. have to be a, a jack of all trades in this system at that position. You really don't, mm. right? You need you need a guy to come in and have his hand in the ground and be able to run. And you, you know what I'm saying? We, we, got, we put Sprinkle in the game. Guess what? I don't care if they think that we're going to run the ball when Sprinkle's in the game. It doesn't matter. We're either going to run the ball behind him right? or we're either going to have him sit in there at the, in the hip pocket of yeah. Collins and block, right? And then guess what? Oh, yeah, we got those three dudes out there that can run the routes all day long. So you're not asking one guy to be your savior because you have so much already. Yeah, Sprinkle's going to come in and he's going to be your blocking tight end. Yeah. Yeah. You've got Schultz who could do a little bit of both. And, and Jarwin. Jarwin's going to be the one that will attack the hash marks and yeah. seams up the middle. Absolutely. So there's there's potential there with that with the position overall. And I, I think whenever it comes to the tight end position, both of you guys made this point, and I think it's the, the best way to think about it. With the, the weapons you have on offense, you don't need the tight ends to be exceptional. You don't need them to be next level. You need your tight ends. You need Schultz. You need Jarwin. Mm-hmm. You need Sprinkle to just be adequate 
If you're adequate, your offense is firing on all cylinders. And, of course, the offensive line needs to be good. But you're you're asking those guys to do to be excellent at exactly why you're – why did you pay Jarwin? Why did you pay – Take the top off. Because that's it. You're not, you're not because he's the most shifty tight end in the world. He can not attack because he's the middle of the field. He's yeah. got good hands. Because in your system, he's that valuable to you. Mm-hmm. In your system, what you're asking him to do, he's that valuable to you. And that goes back to our conversation last week when we started talking about the linebacker pick in the first round. He's that valuable to us because of what he's going to do in accordance with the other guys that he's going to be playing next to. And that's what you have. That's what people don't understand when they start looking at personnel. People get, start losing their mind. Oh, he can't do this, isn't it? Yeah, but guess what? What he can do very well is exactly what this offense needs. But also a better blocker. And so, I mean, even when you talk about Sprinkle and, look, man, these defensive coordinators in the league, if they see any weaknesses and they study you yeah. and you bring Sprinkle in, we, hey, you about to hand it to Zeke, we coming at you, mm-hmm. you know, right away. And so you can't divulge what yeah. you're going to do. Yeah, you can't you know? telegraph so, it. And, and so that's why I, that was the problem that I had with Bell because you know that he wasn't doing a lot, even in Kansas City's offense as as a receiving tight end. He was more of a blocker. So the way that this offense, the way that it looks on paper, it looks explosive. It looks like we're going to be able to stretch the field. Really looks like there isn't going to be anything that we can't do. But right now at the tight end position, there has to be another question there. Which guy is going to start this season? Jarwin. Yeah, if he's Jarwin, healthy. Probably. I'm saying if he's healthy, he's coming back healthy. from ACL. So we'll, what, you don't know. I think he'll be fine. ACL's since it like was sprained ankles now. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but it, it was so early into last year, I think his rehab's going to be yeah, just fine, fine by, now, by then. Fine. He'll I don't, be there. Yeah, I don't know if we'll see him at OTAs and minicamp just because that's not how they why, do why things. Do it? Yeah, mm-hmm. just get him ready for training. Shoot me down now. We'll be talking about it this summer. Mm. <laughs> Heckman's got an inside track that we but don't know about. Don't. Sixty-three catches from Schultz last year. Yeah, if you're, if you're, it, it is. Oh and if, God. but if your line is healthier, he's probably not getting those opportunities. Nah, as probably much forty underneath. But th- that's okay. You know, just mm-hmm. just be hey. efficient. You I know? would take what they give you. Yeah, I would exactly. rather have Dalton Schultz with forty catches, but have our yeah. offense firing on all. But who cylinders. do you think? Who do you think Dak is going to rely on? I mean, he's coming back from an injury. Who do you, that first read, getting the ball out of his hand, not taking any punishment? Who, tight end, right? So. It's oh, important. Ooh, that that brings up an interesting interesting point. Now, you you mentioned this a minute ago, but flexibility is is something that I think this tight end position has. Is there a chance we add some more? I got to ask this question on Twitter. Simi Fajoko, the wide receiver that was drafted by the Cowboys out of Stanford, Stanford. six foot four, two hundred and twenty five pounds, mm-hmm. big long arms, a four four three forty. Is there a chance that he could maybe be thrown as maybe like an inline tight end at some point? He's a good blocker. If you watch him on film, he's decent. Now, he's extremely undersized for the tight end position. But I don't think that's necessarily out of the question if you wanted to throw some flexibility and modern looks into this offense. You played the Y. You you uh, know yeah. that. They, they, you know, when I was in, at the end of my career playing with Mercedes Lewis, Mercedes was kind of the you know the hand-in-the-ground type guy, and nice. I was kind of the wingback, right? That's when the Aaron Hernandez era was kind of, mm-hmm. kind of coming to a head. He, I could see him playing a role in that, but even then, like I was still treated as a receiver. And I was 245 pounds at that time, right? So no matter what, if you if you're if you're looked at as a receiver, they're putting a dog on. They're putting, a, they're putting a, they're, they're putting a nickel in there. So like basically, not, <laughs> off the, you're basically off the line of scrimmage, going in motion, yeah, cut blocking on the backside. You know, okay. what I'm saying running flat routes. Yeah, he could feel know, that need. Yeah, he could feel that need. But they'll 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 probably do it from a four wide set, um, utilizing him in a four wide set and use him in short motion. That's most likely what they'll end up doing. So, for instance, when I was playing in New England, I was a bigger, bigger receiver, right? So I'll be out there with Moss. I would motion down, and then I would chip on like Mathis, or, or you know, what I'm saying, or guys right. like that. Yeah. You know, guys, you know, great edge rushers, and you know, just hit that and then get into a flat route. So because he's big, big, physical, you know, physically imposing, they'll utilize him tight end ish, but he won't have his hand in the ground. Yeah. He's not belldozer. Yeah, no. no, yeah, yeah. I can't go back. And I mean, forth. You, you, I mean, those guys. To your point, right? Two, you said 245 pounds. That's what I was. I was getting thrown out the club, and I was considered one of the strongest, you know, strong dude. I was getting thrown out the club by defensive linemen. Like that's you just don't go in their clubhouse. Like that's what they do. Like you come in here, I'm, a, I'm a, no white tees in the club. I'm throwing <laughs> you out, right? Um, and, and, I mean, Let me just. It's just yeah. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. So that lets you know these are grown. Men right. and, and these dudes are getting more and more uh, explosive, more powerful. You know, just just in general, we talk about DK, two hundred thirty-five pounds running running a ten-three. That is insane. Yeah, it's right? It's no different than when you try to go out there and try to put your hand in the ground. A two hundred forty-five pound tight right. end try to go in there and cut block on a nose tackle. Good luck. 
What does Noah Brown weigh? I'm going back to the oh Noah Brown. Come he's on, what seconds. is it? Oh What's up gosh. with you today, 117 Pete? pounds soaking wet? No, he's bigger than that. No, he's probably 220, 225. 225? 225. 6'2", 225. Okay. Yeah. I thought so, he was okay. solid. Yeah. So he's two inches shorter than Fajoko. But, but we've tried that already. He's thicker. He's yeah. thicker. Yeah. In the Seattle playoff game, I believe he played a little bit of tight end. I mean, he was serviceable. But like Isaiah said, he's not going down in that funk area. He'll stay out of there. You want to keep him... I remember specifically, I remember getting a, a chip shot on Dwight Freeney, and like <laughs> how'd that go? It went well. Uh, my my job, my task was to <laughs> was was to chip Freeney uh, onto our left tackle. Uh, was a big big ball of uh, New England. I can't remember. Anyways, uh, chip him and just like boom, bump him enough just to give him an edge so he can get his hands on him. Because otherwise, you can't you can't get your hands on Freeney. He's gonna go Tasmanian Devil on you, right? So I could give a little chip on him, boom, and I ran a little flat route, and that's my job just to give a little eh, right. Yeah. Two hundred thirty five pounds receiver, oh, got some, yeah, and that'll be his tap. role. And that's his role. Yeah, you know, but then when role. those guys come looking for you, you just you know get cataracts. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Did you see? <laughs> Did you see the? Or did you hear the the shakiness in his voice when you said like, "How did that go?" He goes, "All right, wait, what did Jamie Foxx say? You hit, you hit him down, and you get about the club. <laughs> Getting out of there. Uh, <laughs> kind of sticking with Simi Fajoko, just real quickly before we take our second break. I, I don't think this is going to be. I don't think it's out of the question. He's your fourth wide receiver. Just kind of looking at him and looking at what he could bring and where he could be and what he could do outside of maybe Noah Brown, I think he might be better than Noah Brown, like right now. And, mm. and there's a good chance that you're going to see a lot of that competition coming up in, in training camp. That's going to be fun. I'm excited about that. And you're disrespecting some guys, man. You got Wilson. The guys has been putting in work yeah. for a uh, while. Cedric Wilson, I would yeah, probably I put mean, above Fajoko. But mean, I'm talking about for that big receiver, that that Y role that you're oh, going to yeah. see Fajoko and Brown kind of fight over. Oh, yeah, they're definitely fighting for the same same spot. No doubt. No doubt about it. I mean, that's, when Noah Brown saw that that draft pick come across, he should have known this is this is a showdown. It's on. I yeah. got to show my butt. I, not only do I have to compete at the same level as him, I have to compete at a higher level because now they have money invested. Yeah, and mm. both guys on one-year deals. Yep. Brown and said who, and but the one thing I would say is you're right. I mean, on tape, he looks like better than a fifth-round pick. To yeah, me, he does just based on his production in college. But wide receiver seems to be a position that's hard to adjust to in the NFL. And I know you you try to do it from the quarterback position, <laughs> yeah. but even guys that play it in, throughout college, why why is that? You think it's all about systems? Yeah, it's all about systems. I don't only think I don't think it's just a position in general. I think it's about how the coaches determine how they want to utilize you, and that's if you get in the right system, you'll be a beast. You'll be an absolute dog in this league if you have a coach who knows how to utilize your skill sets. But if you're a skilled, talented guy and you kind of get wasted because of how they utilize you, you'll get buried. And you'll never have the career that you want. And that's why I think Brown has a leg up because he knows the system. Yeah, you know, and, and he's been a pet cat of this organization for a while. And right. so it's been a reason why they've let him stay around. But you're right. I mean, it's going to be competition, but that's what we want. Absolutely. <laughs> that's Absolutely. what we want. So, a couple more competition spots that we'll talk about coming up in this third segment. That's a great point, though, about Noah Brown because. We, we talked about it defensively. There's no allegiance to a lot of these guys. Tristan Hill. There, there's no allegiance to a lot of the, the, the players on this defensive yeah. side, LVE, Jalen Smith, because it's a new coaching staff. The coaching staff on the offensive side is relatively the same. Yes. And so <clears throat> Noah Brown does have some 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 guys in his corner in terms of the coaching staff. It'll be tough for Fajoko to come and in and play. And Dak, yeah. And Dak, Dak likes and, well, Noah. He just he's a guy near the bottom of your roster that just is always a valuable guy to have. He plays special teams. He can that's, block that's, that position. When you get drafted in the fifth round, what can you do on special teams? Yeah. Be on how, special value, how valuable We asked you? Fajoko about that and he was all for it. Oh, I, I mean, mean he, he has to be. He has to be. But I mean, but can, can do you do you expect him to run down on kickoff and hit somebody? Do you expect him to, to, to turn his back on kickoff return, run 35 yards, turn around and get a block on somebody? Mm-hmm. Is he going to really put his head like these are real questions, right? These are kind of like, you know, make the roster questions. Grab your rubber meets your road. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. because it's, it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, I'm willing to do it. And no disrespect. I don't know the man. But, you know, when you get out there, special teams like there's guys that you're facing like that's how they make their money. That's how so, they eat. So if you don't yeah. show up ready to ready to play on special teams, you will get drugged. And every single special teams coach in the league will see it, and you will never get a spot again. 
What is the biggest need for the Dallas Cowboys this offseason? We're going to hit that question. Number one, no no top five, no top three. Number one need for each of our four hosts here inside the star of the Dallas Cowboys offseason. When we return on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. When there's work to be done, a real workhorse can make all the difference. Like the Range Boss Package. Our 5075E John Deere 75 horsepower tractor features a bell spear and loader and starts at $369 per month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. It works like a horse, so you don't have to. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now, let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So, to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. Final segment here on this Monday edition. Glad you're all with us on DallasCowboys.com and the various streaming platforms. That's Heckman Harrison. (laughs) That's Isaiah Stanback. There's Rob Phillips. I'm Kyle Yeomans. We've got Scott Purcell guest punching in the bank. Scott on the board. Scott's on the board. What? How about that? Indie face. That is a doing the dirty work. Doing the the dirty work. Indie face. It's Scott and Chris back there. Chris is, is giving lessons. So... I mentioned this going into the break. Number one need for the Cowboys this offseason. And this doesn't have to be a position. It doesn't have to be a... uh, Chris just called me out. I've got to get a read. Whether you're listening to music or you're listening to us on Talking Cowboys, with Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds, you can experience audio at a whole new level. With Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds, you can experience that audio. The official earbuds of the NFL and of the Dallas Cowboys. So now that I've said that, we've got to keep going. Well, wait, I can do though, reads what, at the wow. end of the show. Wow! You see that? Hang on. You just, oh yeah, wow. I'm sorry. That's what yeah. friends I'm are for. Off. I'm all thrown off. Heckman, what do they sound like? Rookie minicamp starts on Friday, and it starts like a symphony in my head. <laughs> Indie face. He's going to drive right by his boy. You know what I mean? What was it I give? I mean, did That's I, crazy. Did I give, I gave at least That's crazy. You tried to help him? I tried. Kyle, you know how much I look for. That was like there was the Damn, exit. Me. There was Kyle. I'm just, I'm like exit, a, Kyle. Yeah, Steve Nash, alley driving along. <laughs> I had ways on and everything, and I just didn't even look at it. Wow. Uh, well, okay. So now that I've got to just kind of backtrack quite a bit. Come on. You're a professional. You can do it. I am. So, biggest need for the Dallas Cowboys this offseason. Snickers? Yeah, you want to give, yeah, you want to give it over here? I'm not, I'm not myself. Whenever I'm hungry, um, doesn't have to be a need in terms of a position. It needs, it could be any kind of aspect of this franchise going into rookie minicamp, going into training camp, and, and and the future of this this 2021 campaign. What would be your number one wish list? What would be number one? On that list, Isaiah, we'll go ahead and start with you on this one. If you're wishing for something for this mm-hmm. Cowboys team to find this offseason, yeah. what would it be? Continuity. 
Continuity. Mm. I think I think these guys need to get on the same page. Last year was everything but that, um, and obviously because of so many reasons, right? Because of coaching staff, because of you know personalities on the team, because of lackluster effort, because of health. But I think that you know take all those things all encompassing. I think that we need some continuity going into this season. Um, and I think if we could figure that out in all aspects, right, from the coaching staff, from the you know the decision makers, the coaching staff, to the to the three phases of the game, I think we'll be all right. Rob, from a roster standpoint, we talked about backup quarterback. I would say if they find <coughs> another veteran that they can compete and they feel good about, a little bit of depth there, that's where I would go. Uh, Isaiah's continuity. I'm going to build off of that and just say on the defensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. just a better comfort level with the scheme. And I think they're going to have OTAs, as far as we know, minicamp. I think that mm-hmm. will help. There'll be some virtual components of it, I'm sure. There are right now. That's got to be more concise and efficient, and the communication's got to be better from the coaching staff to the players. If they get that, then you get into training camp, and I think you feel better about it. Last year, McCarthy said <laughs> the, the virtual component of it was not good enough. They had three weeks of training camp, no games, and it showed on the field. Yeah. And, and before we get to Heckman's, I, I do kind of want to add on that is because – there's probably going to be a virtual component to this offseason if there isn't hasn't been already. Well, I mean, you know, there's been questions about what teams are going to do. I mean, lots of questions. But the Jets had their rookie mini camp, and the OTAs and mini camp are scheduled. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that will certainly help. But, and, but even then, I mean, f- for some of these rookies, are, are is everyone going to be in here? Is everybody yeah. going to be working out? Yeah, that's what the, that's what the plan is. Yeah, I think so. I think so that so. that makes me feel a lot better about that continuity. Yeah, it makes me feel better because if there was a virtual aspect, and there might be down the road, who knows? The things change on a daily basis in the NFL. But if there is a virtual aspect, I don't feel as good about it because I want that continuity. And, and Mike McCarthy even talked about it in his his off season press conference, way well before the draft. He said, "Usually we would go out to dinner, we'd go do this, we'd go do that, we'd have all of these team building activities, and whenever you you." don't have those you don't realize how much you miss them whenever you oh man i mean because whenever you're doing it you feel like it might be an obligation or it's just like a minor thing no that's a big thing especially with a new coaching staff yeah there's no replacement of of time spent together there's just not and we had none of that last year and for a first year coach it was literally impossible for him to build that so when you know together you're all wearing masks you know it's just (laughs) not normal and you know nothing about it but just I mean if you've ever been in the locker room ever been a part of a football team you just know that I mean guys know each other in and out and it's that time that you spend with Mm -hmm. one another it's the trust that you have it's the things that you have Mm -hmm. on the football field in game that comes from those moments and we had none of that and it reflected I mean you saw it guys were just playing for themselves and not one another yeah. Well, and, and going back to the Jason Garrett era, I mean, Jason didn't do everything right as a, a Dallas Cowboys head coach, but one of the things I think he did well was kind of establish that continuity. You remember the All or Nothing TV show that the Cowboys had, that documentary on yeah. Amazon or whatever? Mm-hmm. So the, the after every meeting, what did they do? They started like hugging each other and kind of like dapping each other up and just having that like camaraderie and that brotherhood and that kind of feel. You don't have any of that. <laughs> they played Doug Goose. You don't Doug have Goose. any of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't have that though at this point, and I'm not saying that's going to be like, oh, we're going to go from six wins to a Super Bowl because we high five no, each claim other. It, after. Claim it, say it, say it. No, six wins I, to I, a Super Bowl, not what I'm saying. But I'm saying like something like that would help with continuity. And, and at, like that quality time together is something that the Cowboys yeah, QT, have never had. I mean, QT, I mean, no different than us being here in the studio together. Yeah. Right? There's things that we will we'll continue to get better at, right? Understanding nonverbal cues. Right, uh, you know, understanding, you know, you know how how we how we transition into certain topics, right? All those type of things, right? You can only get that when you're around each other, when you're yep. in person. So just like that, you know, it's it's even more so when it comes to the locker room. All right, Heckman, what's your number one need? Man, you know, I, I, you look at the roster even right now. It's one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. We got all the players, even the draft. We look at what we brought in with Parsons, Joseph, and, and you see the talent there, but. That my thing is attitude. I want to see mm. this team gritty. with an attitude, gritty, mm. and that's. What, I mean, you look at if you just look at around the league at teams like Baltimore and just their culture and what they are about. We talked about Seattle, what they are about, who they are, yeah. gritty, and attitude. Gritty Last dogs. year we didn't have that, and I can just mm-hmm. go back to the Washington football we talked about when Andy Dalton went down. 
No one ran to Andy Dalton. No one, you know, tipped yeah. over a Gatorade bucket. No one got ejected from the game. Something. I mean, your yeah. quarterback just got destroyed. Yeah. Um, but those are just little things that I think that this this squad is is missing. And I know that the football purists will say, oh, well, that don't count for nothing. Well, <laughs> if you get out there and you, you're getting <clears throat> drugged by 30 and you don't have one guy to stand up yeah. and say – you know, get up, you know, get the attitude, bring it back. Yeah. You just pan to that Baltimore game when we were getting the blow, the doors mm-hmm. blown off and they panned to the sideline and it was the most disgusting scene seeing our guys sit there on the bench just deflated. They had nothing. So we got to bring that back. I wonder how much Parsons can add to that, even as a rookie, because he's got that edge to him. And that's why, like, you know, we've debated that position. But well, if he that's can. Why we got that corner too. Huh? Right? Oh, Calvin Joseph. Calvin Joseph too. Yeah. But if he, both of them, but, but Parsons in particular has really has brought that edge when he's been at Penn State. And so even as a rookie, if he can bring some of that, it's kind of like when in 2016, Zeke brought like a physicality mm-hmm. and an edge to the offense that really rubbed off on everybody. Yeah. It was like, man, this guy is. is and I think you know, the example. Dak too. Dak too. That, that maybe this rookie class can add some of that. No, and I'm, I'm, I'm going back and digging in the crates on this, but you think about when um, Michael Irvin was, was drafted in 88. Where the Cowboys were from '87 to '88, he bought that attitude too. I mean, it, although it was a one in fifteen season, but still, you knew with Michael Irvin and his attitude and what he was, his work ethic that he was going to bring every day. Guys had to match that, yep. and that was the championship quality. Just, just laid. That was the brickwork, mm-hmm. right? To lay that foundation to build a championship team. And if Michael Parsons, like you said, he's going to come in with that bullseye on his back anyway mm-hmm. but if he can come in with that work ethic and attitude and say look it, it the buck stops now this is what we're gonna get it how many players can you guys name last year that played with an edge how many <laughs> how many guys i mean offensively it, it, you could do some i mean yeah, Zeke I mean, and, and dak I, mean, I would say play with an edge uh zach martin that's fine I, but on the defensive side what tank maybe some yeah. games, and I think yeah. Tank, even yeah. Tank, was a little lost in the weeds. I mean, it was it wasn't good either way for any of. Them, but I don't think I can I can honestly say that this one guy uh, bought that. Would you say maybe Randy Gregory was? Does he quote unquote play with an edge? I don't feel like we had that. When I when I think about edge, I think about rosters that you're almost on the edge of your seat. Like, please don't get a personal foul. Like you know what I'm saying? Like like you know like like. Like you want that feeling a little bit. You want like, that, like okay, go, go like yeah. I want you to go up to I the want, line. Yeah. I, want I want you to cross. I want it. you to go to the end of the whistle, not to the whistle. I need you going to the end of the whistle. I need mm-hmm. my offensive lineman dragging dudes through the ground. You think when I think about offensive lineman, I think about the center from Tampa Bay. I'm sorry, I don't know his name, but he's, nasty. He's gonna he gonna drag you. Yeah. He's gonna drag. I mean, he's gonna try to embarrass you. And if you show frustration, he's gonna hype him up. Right? He wants to embarrass the crap out of you. Think about a defensive lineman. Uh, who, who's who's just nasty? In well, the, in the, the, the Seattle defenses under Quinn were like that. I mean, yeah. and now they, there's Hall of Fame talent there. Yeah, yeah. But man, there was there was a, a swag and an attitude yeah. and an edge. And I mean, that's Aaron what Donald. You, that's what you're looking for. Aaron <laughs> Donald for sure. Yeah, Aaron Donald. Yeah, he's, he's but Aaron, Aaron Donald's gonna play hard. He's gonna play hard. You know, you're gonna get that. But I'm, what I'm talking about, I'm talking about like that. Like somebody might, but like he might punch you. Yeah, like you that's wanna, what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a little bit of a screw loose. I want a little bit of a screw loose, like yeah, like, he, yeah, like Sue. Sue, like like Sue. You just you never know what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, right. You're like old old Sue, not not new Sue, like the old Sue. Like you just <laughs> you just never know, right? You just I mean, he gonna hit you, and then like, ooh, what's he gonna do after the play? Yeah, you know, like I want that, but I want that to go through the whole defense. You think about cornerbacks like like Talib, right? Like obviously he's out the league now, but like you, that's you, what he played with. He played with that. Like yeah. he was gonna put his hands on you, and you had to deal with him the entire game and when you showed up to the stadium you're like crap man I'm going to have to fight this dude. Don't wear your chain. Yeah, don't wear your chain. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to fight this dude. But like, you want that at every level of your defense. Ramsey, Marcus yeah. Peters. Yeah. yeah. Guys like Just that. a little bit of swagger. Yeah. I think uh, 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 Chris put this in my ear, but Donovan Wilson, I mean, he yes. was close. Yes, he came That's with it. it. He That's came with it. probably the one guy, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. He yeah. came with it, yeah. That's because he was laying wood. I mean, he's knocking people out, but he also was missing big too. So <laughs> there's a there's a give and take. There's a give and take to that. You know, there is. You got, there I mean, is. and and it's it's an often used word. You know, guys play with that dog, but you know, if you're gonna play with that dog, it's gonna have to be 100 percent all the time. Back it up. Yeah. You can't. You know, we can't pick choose. Start the film and go. Wow. One of my favorite <laughs> clips of this past draft class: Seth Williams, the wide receiver from Auburn. Uh, I think Denver picked him up. I can't remember exactly where he went, but. 
but there was a clip of him against Mississippi State, and there's this Mississippi State corner up on him, and he's talking to him before the play and like just chatting. And Seth Williams doesn't even look at him, like not even looking at the guy. And then he like finally gets up to the line of scrimmage, and he just burns him on a fade route. No, no double move, no nothing, just straight fade route. Beat him, caught it, touchdown pass, and then he got right back up in his face and was just yelling at him again. That's one of my favorite clips. But you got it's a great representation yeah. of both sides of it. You can't just talk the talk. You got to walk yeah, the walk. And there's a oh, reason man. that's a cliche. There's a super big reason why that's a cliche because this Cowboys team, even whenever they got to the point in the middle of the season against Philadelphia and they started winning a couple of games, you saw the energy, but then you played a game like Pittsburgh and maybe Baltimore where it's like, oh, where did that go? And you kind of <laughs> you get back in your shell a little bit. You can't do that in 2021. Yeah. Media pumps you up too when you're in Dallas too. You have That's a little true. bit of success. You can't. You block that out too. Yeah. In addition to the the negativity, because Don't read the scripts. Yeah, because it's. I mean, people want the Cowboys to be back, back. You know. Mm-hmm. So when you have a little success, you know, maybe you drown that out. Too. You know, I yeah. imagine you when things are going well, Rob, and you're writing your articles. You're like. I put my blinders on. You know? blinders. I put on my varsity jacket. And yeah. I, and I you on. see his high school jacket upstairs. <laughs> yeah, it's upstairs. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's going to do it for us here on Talking Cowboys. It's been another fun hour of Talking Cowboys, as always. Presented by Geico. Special thanks to Scott Purcell, Scott Chris Beam King. in the back. For Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yomes. We'll see you next week, 1030, or excuse me, 1130 Central Time, next Monday on Talking Cowboys. Wow. Wow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!